Today on the show, we're talking about new beginnings. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host of Simple Money Solutions, and I'm joined with Trevor, my co-host. And first of all, happy 2019. Yeah, it's been a, a, a pretty good year, 2018. I think it, it, it went better than anticipated for me personally, and, and for our podcast too. Um, I, but I think a lot of people, so I'm not a fan of New Year's resolutions. I don't, I don't really believe in them. I, I think the best time to make an improvement in your life is today. And today happens to be New Year's Day when we're recording this, but I think you should always look at, you know, I want to improve my life. I'm not going to wait for this artificial benchmark or, or time line in the sand. I, I say, if, if you want to improve your life, do it now. But a lot of people, they want this, you know, memorable moment that this they can remember when they started you know moving in a better direction so january 1st tends to be this this launch pad for a lot of people i I don't believe in it but because so many people do it i think we we should talk about maybe strategizing a new beginning in your financial life so trevor i want to kind of go back to that i mean the the kind of whole philosophy of not really uh being into or buying into uh, the idea of New Year's resolutions. And I kind of want to dig into that in the sense that as like many things in life, personal finance and, and your journey to financial independence really isn't a diet. It's not a fad. It's not something you can just stick your hands into and, and, and hope that it works out. I think it, taking on a, a financial journey is about a lifestyle change, a wholehearted lifestyle change in a direction you want to move in. Yeah, this isn't a temporary fix. I mean, if you want early financial independence, let's just say you're able to make modifications to your life that you believe are temporary in in, in, a, in an effort to amass the wealth to say, okay, I am now financially independent early in life. So you're, you're relatively young in, in terms of compared to retirement age. If you all of a sudden went back to your old ways, you'd burn through that money in no time. So I think it. we talk about it being a double-edged sword uh, living frugally and in, in early financial independence, the whole thing is you won't need as much money in your retirement years. So you're right in, in saying that this can't be a, a, a stepping stone. This has to be a launching pad for, for where you're going to go and stay in the future. So for, for any new listeners who may be just tuning in for the first time in 2019, while this podcast really does offer lots of, of helpful strategies and, and, and tips to really bring yourself towards uh, that path of financial dependence. We unfortunately do not have any quick fixes or, or quick solutions to, to get you there. And, and Trevor, he's, he's nearing his place of, of semi-retirement himself. But again, Trevor, I'm sure it, it, it's easy to say that that has been a long and winding road for you to get to that point that you are in today. But you know, it hasn't been a long road because I, I've, I've embraced frugalism. I've embraced the deliberate lifestyle choices I've made that are moving me to early financial independence. So it has been not a long road. It's been an enjoyable journey. So I don't see it as a long hardship endured journey. It's been, I love the concept of optimizing everything in my life. Every time I I optimize something say financially in my life, I, I just feel so good about myself. And every time I look at that aspect of my life, it just brings a smile to my face. So you, 
you have to embrace this. this. This can't be painful. Otherwise, it's not sustainable. No, and I really, really like that 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 emphasis on how how easy and, and and effortless it has been for you because it is a lifestyle. So, Trevor, with I guess the 2019 new year, if if we do have, I mean, maybe we have listeners who have been with us since the beginning, or listeners who are just joining us for the first time today. How can we? get on track and and I don't and I I hesitate by saying on track because on track means that you are off track and maybe that's a point to identify as well Trevor we have someone who who is is making 20 a goal for their for 2019 to to really get a sense of their financial state is anyone too far quote-unquote off track or is it really just a, a starting place along one's journey I think when trying to optimize your financial life or or move toward financial independence. It's all about direction. It's not about destination. Because if you do set a, a date or, or a dollar figure as your destination, it, it's always going to be in the horizon, something you're reaching for, and you'll you'll eventually be disappointment after disappointment, never getting to that horizon. So you really have to look at this as a direction your life is taking, not a destination. So when we're talking about that destination and wanting to really wholeheartedly get on board to head head down a path towards a destination what is where can we start what is kind of something that an individual can can really grasp onto a tangible piece of of something that will will launch someone down that that path towards financial independence well i think if you want if just say you're you're living in, in a completely unoptimized life meaning there's just this all this low-hanging fruit and opportunity, and you just started going at it randomly, uh, making these changes and hoping for a, a, a good outcome, I, I think you end up changing too many pieces too quickly, and you end up suffering hardship, or your family does, and it, it just creates tension and, and discontent, and you end up falling off the rails in a short period of time. So I'm a big fan of of following a plan. So we talk about the minimalists a lot. They have a couple of books. And the one I really like is uh, Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. That's that's my, they, I think they have three books. That's my favorite. But I think if you're going to make a lifestyle change, I'm a big fan of modeling it after a book. So make if you want to make a New Year's resolution and if you want to do something to start the new year off right, get a, a self-improvement book or or any book and just make a point to read it for the month of January and, and make a promise to implement aspects of this book or maybe every aspect of this book in your life. What you end up with is you end up with a, a game plan. And, and I'm going to say in most cases, the author is selling this as a proven game plan. And you can also read reviews of people who have also bought the book and, and maybe they're going to share their success story from it or, or the, the challenges the book presented. But I think if you just go at it, just randomly attacking aspects of your life, hoping it all leads to a better place, you might be disappointed. I, I love the idea of following a book because a lot of times when you are going through hard changes, you want you want some confirmation that this is going to actually lead to something good. And the book kind of gives you that. So I, I'm a, we have a book list on our website, but I'm a big fan of books and the, a book, the, a book. So we don't talk a lot about investing on this podcast. And the reason we don't is oh, quite a while ago, I read a book called 
The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And after reading that book, it dawned on me just how simple investing can be. And so I subconsciously believe this is super simple, super easy. You know, I'm not going to bore people with with the trivialness of, of investing. But then I realized this is this is untapped knowledge for a lot of people. So and I just want to put some uh, how strongly I feel about the book, The Simple Path to Wealth. The way I approach books is I will first get the audio book. Big fan of Audible. And I will listen to the audio book. And I, I believe you don't get... You don't have to get the knowledge retention from audio books that you would from reading it. So the audiobook gives me good overviews. Is this something I really want to immerse myself into? So I listened to the audiobook and I said, well, this is really interesting. I, I really liked the concept. So I bought the ebook and I, I read the ebook. And I, I found myself, after I read it, I kept wanting to go back and, and you know talk about this with my wife and that with my wife and and share this idea with people at work and, and, and another idea with some of my friends. I was so excited about the book. I ended up going and buying the physical book. So now I have three copies of this book, the audio, ebook, and physical book. And that's how strongly I feel about this book. And it, so if you, there's one other book I've read and I, I just want to, I'm going to put links to these in the show notes. Another one is called The Value of Simple, A Practical Guide to Taking the Complexity Out of Investing. And this is by John Robertson. And then the only reason I mention this book is he's a Canadian author and he his book is from a Canadian perspective. But both of these books, they really go after the concept of index investing. And that is the why I believe investing is so simple. And, and that's why I, I've neglected to talk about it on this podcast because I, I guess I, I, I wrongly thought this is just common knowledge you know this simplicity is out there for everybody to know but we do get a lot of emails people asking us about investing information so the simple path to wealth by jl collins and the value of simple by john robertson are two must reads if you want to take a new year's resolution again i don't believe in New Year's resolutions but if you want to make a a change in your life and you want to start investing these books talk about why you should start investing and how and some of the the pitfalls to to watch out for it is just they're both must reads from an investing standpoint so to kind of circle all the way back to what you're saying at the beginning i i first of all absolutely love the fact that you you rely on books and and the knowledge shared within those books so so highly because like you're saying, when we're when we're embarking on an adventure that maybe no one in our personal life has ever embarked on before, if that's early retirement or selling all your possessions and traveling the world, whatever whatever your aspirations and goals are, maybe there's no one around you who can who can maybe put some sanity around that. But that's what's again so incredibly valuable about books, audiobooks, podcasts, um, and 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 just other online resources is that there might and usually is a person who has been or experienced or, or went through the same adventure and, 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 can, and can speak to the challenges and, uh, and, and, and amazing things that happen from those experiences. Well, you know, you say that a lot, what a lot of people, this is a common question. Everybody, everybody wants to know how much money do I need to retire on? And the reason people want to know this question is it, it's one you can't afford to get wrong. Cause just say you thought you could retire on X amount of dollars and you end up you're you're 90 years old and your money runs out 
well, going back to work and earning some more money is not an option. So it's like a one, you know, you, you have to get, you, you, you don't want to get this wrong. So I, I get where people want, they want to know somebody else has done this with success, right? So that is, and, and part of the problem is if you ask somebody who's 90, how much money did you need to retire? Well, the money they needed to retire uh, the circumstances were different when they retired. You know, maybe there was more lucrative pension plans on the table and, and more government support. I, I, I don't know the circumstances, but you you can't even, you know, talk to somebody who's got 30 years on you because your circumstances or, or the, the financial world that you're dealing with is different than the one they dealt with. So uh, I, a lot of times books, they, they provide enough of a, a lot of authors of nonfiction books go through great efforts to prove their concepts to the reader. And I love that about a lot of self-help books. They, they get that you don't want to make these difficult, challenging lifestyle changes only to, pr- to find out they didn't give you the results you wanted. So these books are just loaded with proof. You read a diet book and these diet books go, you know, waist deep in the science of, of, of how their diet is going to help you get to your weight goals, your weight loss goals. So a good nonfiction book in my mind spends a lot of time proving their concepts. So I, I want to now kind of circle in on the fact that you have this, uh, this, uh, the book, the simple path to wealth in multiple formats. So anyone who knows Trevor knows he's an audio junkie, loves listening to audio. So Trevor, for you to reach out and, and, and get this book in the physical copy a minimalist to purchase a book and a physical copy. That means this book what must've been so revolutionary, so incredible. Well, not only did I buy a copy for myself, I bought a copy for each of my three children. And it's a book I wish it would have been handed to me at the age my kids are. And, and it's, so, so here's a book I read when I was the age of my kids. It was The Wealthy Barber. So there, there's a book I read and it was good advice at the time. It, it kind of, the book kind of assumed high interest rates, that type of uh, investing was going to be around forever. Well, it turns out interest rates hit rock bottom and, you know, just putting your money in a, in a guaranteed investment vehicle, it's not going to give you much of a return. But the stock market existed at the time, but this author didn't really suggest that was a good, you know, he didn't say it was a bad idea, but he, he didn't sort of, he just kept going on about the time value of money and how interest, comp, compound interest is your friend and it, it kind of kept selling that that point. It, it was a good read at the time, and I I did use some of the information. But this index investing, now who knows? Maybe thirty years from now, somebody will have spotted the flaws in index investing. But I, I it's been around since nineteen seventy five. Index investing, and I, I believe that that's a pretty good track record. So, so I bought a copy for each of my kids. I feel so strongly about this book, and I've also took the time to bookmark, I use these book darts, and I, I put them in the pages I think each of my three kids would get the most out of, and each book was bookmarked differently because my, my kids are not all the same age. Uh, that's So not only did I buy uh, audio, ebook, physical book, I also bought the book three more times. So I, I'm a big proponent of the Simple And on top of that, I don't want to undersell this, uh, The Value of Simple by John Robertson. I have the ebook of this, this is a great book from a Canadian perspective. I can't stress that enough that a lot of these, these books, they, you know, if you read a, a book from a U.S. author on finance, 
one of the big topics in all those books is healthcare costs, you know, health insurance. Well, we don't have that in Canada. That's not really a, a concern of ours. So I, I, whenever I, so I would read both of these books together. So, uh, so I, I, once my kids get through the, the, the Simple Path to Wealth, I'm going to be sending them the value of simple as well. So I have a couple of questions. I, I, I'm, I want to circle back to the Simple, simple uh, Path to Wealth again. So, um, you, you, so you, you said that you bookmark different spots within these books and, and that you gave them to all three of your kids, but they're different ages. So, I mean, if, if, if we have other parents listening to, to, this, to this podcast and they, they want to ensure they are able to, to, to bring their, their children um, a, a wealth of financial information that maybe um, they don't have within themselves or, or they're hoping to kind of, again, like yourself, pass on to, to um, their children. At, w- at what age do you, uh, do you recommend that you should that you put this book in their children's hands or any other resource um, related to personal finance? Well, for sure, when you when you are done with school and you you have your first full time job and you're earning a an adult income or you have an adult job, uh, I think that's the time to start. When you have assumed adult responsibilities, now I, I'm a firm believer that the advice I gave to my kids was, you know, if you start investing now, that's great, but if you didn't start until you were 25, that's kind of a number I've put sort of out there for them. 25 is a, uh, I, I would hope you'd start investing by 25 and, and you would have sort of built up some comforts of life that you need prior to that. So that's kind of the guidance I've given them. That, that's my own personal suggestion. That's not from the book. And so, so Trevor, this, this book, I, I'm really excited to read it myself. I know you're talking more about it, but you, you, you've really put the emphasis on the investing side of this. Is this book just primarily dedicated to investing? And, and, and maybe can you shed light on what, maybe what indexed funds are for some of our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with that and their benefits and why that interests you so much um, if, again, you are very passionate about the non-investing side of, of personal finance, which is what you bring to this podcast. Yeah, so I, I believe that you need to get your... I'm a firm believer you need to get your spending house in order because there's no sense being this, uh, having the investing side of your life down to a science and, and, and you just, you're just killing it in the markets every day, but you're spending just as much money, meaning you're, 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 the expense side of your life is out of control because at the end of the day, you're taking your, your total assets minus your total liabilities. That's your net worth. So if that adds up to zero, I don't think you've accomplished anything. So our podcast is about deliberate lifestyle choices. We tend to focus on the the, the lifestyle aspect of personal finance because I, I think it's just as important as the investing. But uh, this book, a couple things. So he, he doesn't, it's not 100% investing. One thing he, he says in here is uh, surround yourself with like-minded people around as it, as it concerns to money particularly your your spouse so that that's obviously not investing advice but he he considers that pretty important actually the whole foundation of this book it started out jim collins jl collins was writing uh he wanted to document he he wanted to give his daughter investing advice but she was too young or or at an age where she really wasn't interested so he was writing letters that he was going to eventually give to his daughter on what to do for her investing life and uh, when he was, he had a, just a, a whole accumulation of these letters and he shared it with one of his friends and his friend said, Hey, why don't you write a book? 
Actually, there's a great YouTube video where Jim Collins is being interviewed by somebody at Google. And I'll actually leave a link to that in the show notes as well. It was really well done. But uh, um, there's just there's a lot of life lessons in this book as well. And uh, there's a quote at the back that, that kind of, you know, closing thoughts he has. And he, he says, home ownership is an expensive indulgence. And that was an interesting thing for, from an investing book. But he kind of, he's a big proponent of a house is not really a great investment. It's a lifestyle expense in his mind. So it, there's a there's a lot of stuff in that book that, that it's going to enrich your life beyond just investing. But to your question, what is index investing? If anybody watches the market, there's uh, there's these market indexes that the the uh, the Dow Jones is a is a popular one where this invest this anal- analyzing company they've taken a, a group of companies and said you know this represents the market or the S and P five hundred is made up of five hundred companies that Standard and Poor that's S and P they believe represent the the economy the best and and so as those companies go the theory is so does the economy so. Uh, if you bought mutual funds, a mutual fund manager, they're trying to beat the market. They're trying to beat those indexes and, and they measure themselves against those. And in in these, uh, in Simple Path to Wealth and, and the Value Simple, uh, you might beat the market in the short term, but you're not going to beat it in the long term. And of course, if you're investing at a young age, you should, you're in it for the long term. So the theory is if you get an index fund, so an index fund is really, uh, an exchange-traded fund that's made up of all the companies that make up, say, the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones, and y- you you end up owning a little piece of all of those companies in that index. So in essence, you, you are the market rather than trying to beat the market. So, And over the long term, the market just goes up. Historically, it always has. So that's kind of a very high, poorly done overview <laughs> of, of an index fund. You really need to read the book and I've gone, obviously, I've consumed this book three times. So you probably need to read it more than once. So you obviously derive a lot of value from this book and, and other similar resources. Um, yet, as you said at the beginning, uh, you did give this to your children. So when, when we're looking at uh, finance books, what are, we, what are we looking for in that um, multiple generations and and multiple and different people at different stages of their life will will enjoy. I mean, is this book forward looking to to where you're at, Trevor, in your life, or is this benefiting your kids where they are right now? Well, interesting to see that. So there's there's some chapters in here where it, it talks about how to um, spend your wealth after you've accumulated it, and, and I'm not there yet. I did read that part, but it really didn't resonate or mean much to me. I didn't spend a whole lot of time going over that section. I obviously will in the future when I when I do retire and I, I start to consume the wealth I've accumulated. So I think this is a book you don't have to read cover to cover. You can cherry pick the chapters that are relevant to you at this point in your life. And, and I, I would urge people to do that. It would keep you focused on the book. But it's something you want to keep on hand as a reference. It's not something you want to tuck away in a box in your basement because it's one you're going to go back to a lot. 
So when we're looking at uh, personal finance books in general, I mean, if you walk into a chapters or any other bookstore, it can be really overwhelming when you walk into the personal finance section. And while we do have such an incredible um, listing of books on our website, um, livelifesimple.ca for your reference, um, that Trevor's always adding to. Trevor, what do you do or what do you look for when, you, when, you, when you're looking for, uh, I mean, I, I know you do listen to a lot of audio and, um, and, and read a lot on, on your device, but pretend you were walking into a bookstore, even when you're online looking at a book, what, what, what are you looking for? I mean, because there, there are, and there are a lot of those quick fix personal finance books out there that I see as well, like Get Rich Fast and, and things like that. So how do you kind of cherry pick to find the good ones? So when I go into a, a chapter's, type of bookstore and I'll, I'll, I, I, tend, I tend to pull up my phone and start looking at the Amazon reviews, <laughs> which is crazy. You know, why don't I just buy it from Amazon? But I don't even think that's a good way to buy, to get a, a book on personal finance. I think you, you need, you need to, people tend to buy books or, or anything on Amazon and they want to feel good about their purchasing decisions. So they'll go give it five stars. So I've talked about my theory on, on reading reviews on Amazon. I, I, put more value in the one-star reviews and decide if I could live with that flaw than go with the five-star reviews. But I, when I seek out finance books, so J.L. Collins, he's obviously read other books himself. So I'm seeking out what has he read? You know, what's his reading list? Or Mr. Money Mustache, he has a reading list. And so I tend to want to go with people I believe in and what they've read. And that's why I've put together a reading list. So why not, if you find somebody who you are aligned with on personal finance, why not dive into their reading list and, and go with the books they're recommending? To me, that is the best place. And if they don't have a reading list, then all these people have Twitter and emails and reach out to them. People will share their reading list in a heartbeat. I mean, I would with anybody who asked me, you know, what should I, can you recommend me a book? Have you got an hour? Cause I'll, I'll talk the ear off you about books I lo- I've loved and books I've hated too. Actually, that's a better question. Is there a book that you've read that you got no value out of? You know, ask that question too. But but reach out to the people that you follow. I mean, there there's there's enough ways to contact content creators now. Uh, John Robertson or, or Jim Collins, I'm sure they've read a ton of personal finance books. I would say reach out to those people and ask them, you know, can you recommend me a book on this or a book on that? And to me, that's the best place to get rather than just aimlessly read books or, or, or try to, you, you can really streamline the process of, of, get, of getting good personal finance knowledge by, by going a, off of a curated book list that somebody who, who has already put in the upfront effort and, and read these books and decided these were good, these were bad. Um, and, and to speak to the two books that you have recommended during this episode, are they books that pretend I, I'm I'm a listener and I am just embarking on my 2019 goal of of, of going down this this path towards uh, financial independence? Is the, are these two books going to 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 frustrate me to to um, maybe me challenging? Are they a really nice kind of bite sized uh, place where I can start? Well, like I said earlier, these so these books are not books that are, that have to be read cover to cover, which I love books that are designed that way. And the both of these books, I, I know my my son had already started reading it, and he he can't believe he hasn't got an index fund already. Like he's he's that 
you know, he's that motivated. So they're inspirational too. So I, I think these are, the both these books are a great places to start. I, I, I really like the John Robertson book because of the Canadian perspective. I, I, I can't stress that enough. That That's important to me, the Canadian perspective. I, I There's so few Canadian perspective personal finance books compared to the U.S. books you can get. But The Simple Path to Wealth is a great story too. I, I, I say read them both. I mean, they're, they're relatively short books. I, you, you could comfortably read each of them in, in a month, each one, like so two months. <laughs> uh, if you really put yourself to work, you can do both of them in a month. But make that your, again, I hate New Year's resolutions, but make that your New Year's, New Year's resolution. And the problem with the New Year's resolution, if just say you, you don't get started New Year's Day and you don't get started by the end of the first week of January, then you say, ah, well, you know what, I'll wait, I'll wait till next New Year's. That's the problem with New Year's resolutions, right? Bring on 2020. <laughs> if you miss it, it's a long wait for the next one, right? So the best time to start improving your life is now. So I think, and you know, a book is, a, is an awesome value for knowledge. I mean, you can't, there, there is no better deal than a book in terms of putting knowledge in your head. It doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get any cheaper. Um, and, and again, both those books that Trevor are talking about will be in the show notes. Um, Trevor, I, well, what we're talking about kind of inspiring books, is there anything else that has, has really piqued your interest? I mean, you're, you're nearing financial dependence. Is there anything else that's, that's really kind of inspiring you at, the, at this point in your journey? Well, anybody who knows me knows that I can get lost in a, a, a YouTube vortex as is, is, is good as anybody. And I recently do, uh, was going through YouTube and I found, so we're big fans of Mr. Money Mustache. We've talked about him on here before. He's super inspirational, great story. He, he started a YouTube channel, which he has a blog, so this is new for him. And he's got, uh, I think it's three, maybe four episodes out. And uh, he's taking in reader questions and answering them on YouTube. And it's, it's really well done. I, I, I'm going to leave notes to that in the, sh- in the show notes as well. But uh, I, that's just something I've recently found that I've, I've found very interesting. So I, I normally just end up buried in uh, Lions Eating Gazelle videos. <laughs> so this was a, a, a good outcome for YouTube for me. So I'm going to leave a link to that in the show notes. But uh, I, I would also say uh, read Mr. Money Mustache his blog it's very his story is, is a great story and uh he actually the reason i mentioned him is he wrote the foreword to the simple path to wealth on this book so him and jl collins are 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 very well aligned so on that note um we're gonna wrap up the show i, I do want to ask you though trevor before we we do end with the new year i know you're not into new year's resolutions but do you do you have any 2019 goals that are that are on on, on your I guess to do list for for this year, for, for in personal finance perspective? Yeah, funny you should ask. You know, I I, I don't and I, I I don't like um, so I I've had this um, I've been stepping up my fitness game. So this isn't money related, but it, I guess it kind of could be money related if my health failed. I so would my earning potential. But uh, I have stepped up my fitness game, and I've I've always, from an eating standpoint, I've always been pretty healthy. But uh, I've been uh, a pretty regimented fitness program since since September. I've always had some activity, but I've really stepped it up. 
And I plan to take that to another level in 2019. So that, that's a goal of mine, not finance, but it's, it's still an important lifestyle decision. And to our listeners, if if you have any inspiring goal that you'd like to share with us, whether it's personal finance related or not, we we'd love to love to hear about that. And if you have if you read these books or are looking forward to it or or want to share your experiences um, with this or with anything we've talked about during this episode, please we we love to hear from you. So please do so. Um, you can reach out to us uh, through our, our contact submission form on our website at livelifesimple.ca. Again, that'll be in the show notes or through our email address at livelifesimple. 365 at gmail.com. And on that note, that brings us to the very end of today's episode and the very first episode of 2019. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, as we're ringing in the new year with you, uh, we're happy to have you around for the beginning of another incredible year. Last year, we had episode uh, 100 for with our in our year in 2018. So we're excited for what this year is going to bring. And one other exciting thing I want to add to it's, it's our it's a month away, but um, coming up in, in, in February, we're going to do Frugality February um, for, uh, for another year. So we did it last February. And what it is, it's a, uh, a one-month um, no, no drinking coffee out challenge or tea. Um, so simply, uh, you just avoid purchasing coffee or tea um, when you're out. And it's this, uh, Trevor and I always, we t- always partake in it as well. Um, so it's 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 uh, all listener in challenge, and it's uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. It really pushes you and your your I guess your your willpower to to not purchase coffee out. So on that note, thank you again for being with us, and we look forward to seeing you right back here next week with a new episode. Until then, keep it simple.